This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, 5'2", and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay. Because I'm TNT. I'm dynamite. TNT. And I will not fight. Well, good evening and welcome to the Andrea Kay Show. I'm super excited to be here tonight. I am coming to you from the Act for America conference in D.C. Super excited to be here. And I'm going to get right to it. You know, usually I do monologue at the beginning, but I just I can't hold out anymore. I'm super excited for my, for my next guest. She is the ever since she first came on the Andrea K show a couple of years ago. She has remained the all time fan favorite of the Andrea K show over anybody else who has come on the show. So you longtime listeners know exactly who I'm talking about. It's Brigitte Gabriel. Welcome to the Andrea K show in person this time. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you. I'm delighted to meet you in person. Finally. I know you guys would not even believe how teeny this amazing woman is. You know, they call me Dynamite in a Dress. Let me tell you, this is the real Dynamite in a Dress right here on the Andrea K Show. So let's talk about the conference. What is the Act for America conference? What is it, what is it about and what do you want to accomplish? Oh, my. We come here once a year to Washington, D.C. because we want to make sure we remind our elected officials how important national security is. We thought, what better time for the largest national security grassroots organization in the country to descend on Washington, D.C. than the week of September 11th to remind our elected officials that their number one job is to protect the citizens of the United States of America. And we want to make sure we hold their feet to the fire. And mm-hmm. especially now, Andrea, with everything that's happening around us, mm-hmm. with I ISIS exploding worldwide, with radical Islam exploding worldwide, the whole world is falling apart. We've got our enemies getting their hands on nuclear bombs, biological bombs, North Korea testing, you know, ballistic missiles, Iran Mm -hmm. testing ballistic missiles. What better time than us to be here to say, hey, wake up, Congress, wake up our elected officials. We hold you responsible. You've got to fix the problem. And we are here Mm -hmm. to make sure you understand that we are watching the decisions you make and we will vote accordingly. And what I love so much about the conference, when you say we... These are average American citizens that you have assembled here. These are not just media establishment insiders that you brought here. So the message that's being sent is average American citizens. Tell everybody about the people that you've assembled here. Exactly. Our people, uh, you know, Act for America is the largest national security organization in the U.S. We have 300,000 members, average people like you and me, Mm -hmm. and our friends who are listening. Oh, you're not average, baby, but anyway. (laughs) Hey, this is, we no, you know what? You're right. We're not average. We are Americans because if we were average... We would not have come to this great nation and made America what it is today. And that starts with our founding fathers, down those who came on the Mayflower or people like me who came on the TWA. Right. We came <laughs> here because we wanted to be a part of the great America and contribute to America and make it even greater for our future generations. We wanted to walk in the footsteps of great Americans who walked mm-hmm. here before us to give us this great nation. Right. So our members are people from all over the country, people who love this country. Our members are Jews, Christians, uh, atheists, Buddhists, Hindus, gay. People put all their differences aside and came together to protect the nation. Mm-hmm. And so, and what I, they all have in common is a love of freedom and a concern for what's happening with this country. It's kind of shocking to me that not that long after September 11th that we have to hold our elected officials' feet to the fire. How did we get to this point, Bridget? Because after 9/11, the hashtag was never forget. Right? Exactly. But but you know what? 
the Islamists organize, the Islamic groups in this country, like CARE, ISNA, ICNA, NATE, and all these other organizations we've been mm -hmm. talking about today, who are basically all listed in the Muslim Brotherhood Project for North America, to destroy America. And this is why we have had subject matter experts all day long talking about this problem, the influence operation happening within our own country. Now, what we did not take into account, because we, the good-hearted people of this country, sat in the back, we love our country, we put our flag out on 4th of July, we put our flags out on Memorial Day, we, we go to church, to our churches. We love everybody. We pray for our enemies. We pray for those who persecute us, forgive them, etc. Mm -hmm. This is how we live as people who are raised in a Judeo-Christian value system, mm -hmm. whether we are Jews or right. Christians. Right. So we assume that this is how everybody is. Meanwhile, the Islamists within our country who were organizing an influence operation within our own government have been very successful. And we did not realize what was happening. So a lot of Americans sat on the sideline thinking, oh, that couldn't happen here. That's mm -hmm. over there. In Europe has a problem, but not us. Australia has a problem but not us so they did not become active and now what act for america is doing is activating people nationwide mm -hmm. you cannot sit on your behind listening to talk radio all day long or talking to your neighbors mm -hmm. complaining about the problem without doing right. anything about it and wonder how we ended up in here right. so while well, the muslims organize they come up to washington dc they lobby they bring out their members they show up at their elected officials offices uh they work on issues we are doing the same thing with our people we are basically the NRA of national security, and we are mobilizing the country to become as powerful and as big as the NRA on the national security issue. If they want to get involved, where can they go? People can go to actforamerica.org and join us, sign up to become a member, sign up and stand with us financially if you are able, even at $19 a month, at $1 a week, whatever your level is, whatever you can afford to give. We need your help, we need to grow, we need to be able to buy commercials, go on national television, wake up people and recruit as many people as possible. Right. If you're just tuning in, this is the Andrea K Show and I'm talking to the one and only Brigitte Gabriel from Act for America. You know, it's, it's funny you should talk about the economics and money because I, I learned some, I think I'm one of these people that tries to stay on top of this issue but I always every time I hear from you I learn something new I did not know I, I want you to answer the question when you talk about bringing refugees here and I'm gonna quote you here that it's greed sold as compassion there's an economic element to the story that so many Americans don't understand talk to that if you can oh it's all about money it's all about economies and as I mentioned in my presentation this morning I was the first speaker and I chose to speak about about immigration and refugees because I came from Lebanon I legally immigrated to this country so so I know what process usually people who want to come here, they go through. And right now we are seeing people who are coming here as, quote, refugees who are not going through any vetting process, through any medical testing. They are bringing diseases with them. They are bringing a value that is completely opposed to anything we value and we honor. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and that's a problem. And the money aspect behind it. So the United Nations decides what refugees come to America. They work with the State Department. The State Department works with nine federal contractors. Six out of the nine are religious charities, Christians and Jews and what and the way these people are raising money they're not passing the bucket on Sunday morning in the church they are receiving one billion dollars to settle these refugees and that's beside the cost of welfare this that and the other and the money is unbelievable so these nine federal contractors work with 350 independent contractors to settle these refugees in 192 cities across America now, these federal contractors get $1,125 per head for a refugee to be resettled. On top of that, they get an additional $1,000 to their own pocket to spend on themselves. So for every refugee they resettle, to them, it means $2,125.
Wow. It's a money-making machine to the tune of mega millions. Mm -hmm. And I gave an example this morning on the Lutheran uh, uh, charity for, for, for immigration because the Lutheran church resettles people here. They, their tax returns that they filed, the latest one, the 990 for, for August uh, 2015 that we got, the latest one posted, they raised, they received $59 million. Wow. $56 million almost, it's 55,000, $55,400 something, came from the Treasury Department, from federal funds, meaning from our tax dollars. So this so-called religious charity that received $59 million for refugees, 55 million of it came from us, the taxpayers. And, and half of that's gonna go in their pockets? Because, and a lot of it is going into their pockets. Right. And a lot of it is going through all the contractors and all the money that's involved. So this has nothing to do with compassion. This is, on top of that, they received $1.8 million loan, also from a bank, supposedly to resettle the refugees. All this money that is involved, this is what's driving this refugee issue. So when you hear churches telling you, oh, it's out of compassion, mm -hmm. we want to help people, whether it's the Lutheran, the Episcopalians, the Catholic Charities, the World Evangelical, whatchamacallit, mm -hmm. you know, we have a list of all the organizations listed on our website. They are nothing but a money-making operating machine that is basically involved in this business to make money. If they have such a heart for refugees and they need to pass the bucket in their own church and bring mm -hmm. the refugees into their own church and settle them in their own church right. and help them out. Well, at least bring the Christians that are being persecuted and beheaded it, what, it, exactly. from around the world you know if, we're, if we're going to spend give 55 million dollars to uh, religious organizations to resettle people here shouldn't it be people that share exactly. the same values of america not people that want to transform us from within but you also talked about an economic element that involved uh jobs businesses. because businesses i will never eat chobani yogurt again tell america about that Exactly. What what is driving this whole refugee so-called compassion business is basically big businesses in America looking for cheap labor. Mm -hmm. So you've got, I use the example of Chobani yogurt. They are responsible for bringing thousands, tens of thousands of refugees into the country mm -hmm. because they want cheap labor. Not only they can pay the minimum wage, but also they get tax credit from the government for every refugee that they hire. So basically the company is not having to come up with the salary, they're getting it from the government. So this is why it is better for them to hire a refugee than to hire an American. Mm -hmm. So when people say we don't have jobs, Americans cannot find jobs, you know, or, or a lot of people say, oh, well, Americans do not want to work. They're lazy. Baloney. Right. Americans are hardworking people. They do want to work. This is why you find families working two and three jobs to provide for their children mm -hmm. and to provide their families. It's not that Americans do not want to work. It is that businesses who get a kickback from the government mm -hmm. under Obama to bring refugees, that's why they're going to hire refugees instead of hiring Americans. Right. One of the reasons why I really wanted to touch on this before we have to let you go is because right now so many Americans are really outraged over the Clinton Foundation and the graft that's gone on there with the Secretary of State selling off our country for greed. And that's actually happening with these religious institutions. It's kind of the same thing. The religious institutions and companies like Chobani, they're basically selling away our national security, you know, for a buck. Exactly. They are selling our national security for a buck and they don't give a care. Right. And this is why we, the American people, must trust. We, the American people, must understand what's at stake. We mm -hmm. must understand the influence operation that's happening in the House of Congress. We must understand how our tax dollars are being squandered to destroy us. Mm -hmm. They are using our money to bring our enemy that is dedicated to our destruction into our own communities, planting them in our communities. And this is just a terrorist threat. I haven't even began talking about the, the, the sexual rape and assault. Right. 
seven case, seven states right now reporting sexual rape and assault yeah. in America from refugees right. who were settled here. And one of the stories you talked about this morning was something I had reported on my show a while back, and it was of the five-year-old girl in Idaho. And what the uh, officials right. did there, we even had, I think it was a, an assistant U.S. attorney that threatened uh, people with prosecution if they spoke out against what happened. Uh, the doctors involved were hiding the medical records from the family, and they didn't want the public to know yeah. the truth, that, these, that the, these, these gang rape of this five-year-old girl involved uh, immigrants that have been here less than two years. That's right, exactly. And this is exactly why I said in my presentation this morning, you, the citizens, need to get involved and you need to find out who in your local city council, your mayor, your city council, find out who's supporting them financially because you're going to see a lot of the money coming from corporations putting, giving it to them to get them elected. And as a thank you, this is how local city elected officials are trying to cover up things mm -hmm. to ensure that they keep receiving money, they protect their position, and they're going to get that money from the big businesses that wants this right. cheap labor like Chobani yogurt, for example, in Idaho Falls. And that's the whole reason why the whole thing was swept under the carpet, the rape of the five-year-old girl, because they did not want to rock the boat that brings them mm -hmm. the money. Mm -hmm. Rashika Gabriel, Act for America. One more time, how people can find you and get involved. Uh, people can go to actforamerica.org, A-C-T-F-O-R, America.org, sign up to join us. And also, if you are concerned about the refugee issue, join our refugee resettlement working group uh, so you can get plugged in to work on the refugee issue in no matter what community you live in in the United States. I know a lot of us are listening on the Internet right now all over the country. We need you engaged. Go to actforamerica.org and join us. Join us as a member. Support us financially. Stand with us in any way you can. Help us sponsor students. Uh, and we want you to stand with us either at $1 a week or $19 a month or whatever you can. If some of you are listening right now, if you are a pastor of a church, you would like us to bring this message to your church, contact us. I would love to come to your community where we can do a mega presentation and educate your community. Uh, also, uh, if you are somebody who has a big foundation who would like to work with us on sponsoring students or work with us on related issues to national security, contact us. Go to actforamerica.org and send us an email. Thank you so much for being here. Stay tuned. We've got more of the education. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Hi, my name is Colin Polkola, and I'm the owner and founder of Polkola Law. My law firm separates itself from the pack by catering exclusively to small business owners and providing them with that personal touch that they deserve. When you call me, you get me, not an associate or a secretary, just me. From incorporating your business to drafting contracts, helping you bring on a partner or two, trademarking and copywriting your work, and even litigation if it's absolutely necessary to protect your business's interests, Polkola Law can be your one-stop shop for all of your small business's legal needs. Schedule your initial consultation today and mention that you heard me on AM 1170, and I'll credit our first meeting toward any legal work we discussed. You can reach me by phone at 844-695-1487 or at pokalalaw.com. P-O-K-A-L-A-Law.com. The information contained herein is for information purposes only and should not be misconstrued as legal advice on any subject matter and does not create an attorney-client relationship. For your consultation, call 844-695-1487 or visit pokalalaw.com. Are you sick and tired of the mainstream media? Tired of politicians? Tired of political correctness? Maybe some of the stuff you see on social media at all can get a little bit nauseating. I agree with you. My name is Craig Sewing. You've heard me on KCBQ for years. You've probably seen my TV show, The American Dream, on Channel 4 every morning. All of this stuff gets put up at craigsewing.com. Look, I believe we live in the greatest city in the greatest country on the planet. And therefore, all of the shows, the things we do online, our social media, everything that is tied to my model and my brand is about lifting you and the American dream as a whole. I want you to join the movement. I really 
really hope you can. It's really simple. We are doing radio shows, TV shows, newsletters, social media, all celebrating the fact that we live in the greatest country on the planet. I know there's a lot of negativity out there, but let's remember, San Diego, the weather's perfect year-round. In this country, people get paid more in welfare than doctors in other countries. We have an immigration problem where millions want in, not out of this country. We have a volunteer military that is willing to die to protect your freedoms. We have an amazing country. We should celebrate that. That's why I have a TV show called The American Dream, and it's why I'm asking you to join this mission. How do we do it? We spread the word. It's that simple. If you visit me online at craigsewing.com, there's a tab for the Dream Team. Join the Dream Team. It's just going to notify you of all the cool things we have going on in radio, TV, social media, and it gives you the opportunity to share the content and add your own two cents as well. I believe we can create our own movement. It starts at craigsewing.com. There's no strings attached. I'm not trying to get any money out of you or anything closely related to that. Not at all. Let's spread the word. craigsewing.com. Go there today. Join the Dream Team. Help us spread the word on the American Dream. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Whew, I feel like I need to exercise those demons out after that interview with the amazing Brigitte Gabriel. She has truly been one of one of my heroes for a long time. This has been those of you who've been listening to the Andrea K Show for years know that uh, fighting radical Islam has been a, a core uh, issue of mine, kind of the central piece of my entire show. And uh, my next guest has been somebody I've been wanting to have on the show for a while. By the way, uh, follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show. I'm on Facebook. I'm also really proud to be here as a part of one of the top grassroots organizations in the nation, Red Nation Rising. So be sure to hashtag Red Nation Rising as well. And I also got to give a shout out to some of my other sponsors uh, who made it possible for me to be here. Homes by Jules, my girl Julie Mills Brennan in San Diego, as well as the only estate planner uh, that you should ever consider. And that's a Rod Hatley from Hatley Law Group. Um, we are at the Act for America conference here in D.C. It, we, and we are talking about national security. We're talking about fighting the enemy. And which comes in a variety of different forms and takes shape in different forms and fights against us. The battle is in a variety of different fronts. And uh, a gentleman who actually was a key player in fighting this battle um, for many years and is actually one of, was one of the, the original people at Department of Homeland Security is Philip Haney. Uh, Mr. Haney, thank you so much for being here on the show. Very glad to be here. Thank you. Um, so you were one of the original people with the Department of Homeland Security, correct? That's correct. And during your time at Department of Homeland Security, uh, you were investigating uh, different terrorist organizations, correct? That's correct. Primarily the Muslim Brotherhood and a group called Tablighi Jamaat. Now, Tablighi Jamaat, if we listen to the experts out there today, everybody would tell you that, you know, it, there's only one issue, one group that's of issue, and it's ISIS, and that, you know, we've got them on the run. So who is this other organization? You know, we don't have anything to worry about, right, because they've got ISIS on the run. Outside of America, they're called the Army of Darkness. There's somewhere between 75 and 125 million members of the group. They're what I call pro-Sharia, pro-Jihad, Salafi, which means original, not radical, Muslims that uh, travel around the world. Okay. Now, when you kind of rose to the forefront of people's uh, minds after the San Bernardino terrorist attack, because you were investigating something called the Dio Bandi movement. Mm -hmm. What's that? Tell everybody about that. And why were you pulled off the investigation? The Dio Bandi movement is actually the umbrella name for a group of four or five major organizations. One of them is the Tablighi Jamaat. Another one is called Lash Kitaiba, which did the Mumbai massacre. Mm-hmm. And another one is one we've all heard of, the Taliban, which okay. means student, plural students. Taliban are students of the Deobandi movement. Mm-hmm. They're basically madrasa graduates, young boys who go through the school system and then become fighters. Whereas some of them don't fight, 
they walk, they go around and let's just say preach and evangelize, mm-hmm. but they're actually fingers on the same hand. Well, what did that have to do with the San Bernardino terrorists? Because my understanding was after that attack, you came out as a whistleblower and said, look, had I been allowed to continue to investigate this movement, I might have been able to stop those terrorists. The brand name of the schools in the system of the global Deobandi movement is called Darulum, which means house of knowledge. The mosque that Syed Farah pretended was called Darulum al-Islamiyah, San Bernardino. There are Darulum mosques around the country, and those mosques are the one that was part of the network that I worked on. So my premise has been, if we had simply been allowed to continue connecting the dots, we would have tied individuals to that organization and put it on a higher level alert, and therefore Syed Farah would have either been put on the no-fly list and not allowed to travel, or just as likely, his pending fiancée, Kashmir Malik, would have never been issued a visa. Why were you pulled from that? Why were you not allowed to continue to connect those dots? Their stated reasons was they had concerns about violation of civil rights and civil liberties of the group, Tablighi Jamaat, that was not designated as a terrorist group yet. But the question is, how do you designate a group as a terrorist group if you're not allowed to investigate it? Right. And how how is it an investigation, simply investigating somebody, how is that a violation of their civil rights? I mean, unless you're actually breaking into their home and like rifling through their file drawer, you're not violating anybody's civil rights. Well, you should also know that the uh, attorney general of DHS approved the case in August of 2011. It was a good, solid law enforcement case, and mm-hmm. that we had 1,200 law enforcement actions taken on the case during the nine months that it was active, including a separate commendation from the National Targeting Center to me for finding 300 individuals linked to terrorism. It was all part of the same case, and yet they still shut it down. Well, I, you know, I don't know if after the Orlando terrorist attack, Reports came out that the DHS had become so corrupted with political correctness that words like jihad and sharia and anything related to radical Islam had been taken out of the vernacular in terms of the investigations. But my perception is going back to the beginning of DHS, I don't think that there was a proper understanding of the threat that we face. And and I think that my perception is, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, if the investigators' hands hadn't been tied going back to the the beginnings. Well, I tracked the interaction with the different law enforcement agencies within the federal government literally to days after 9-11. Muslim Public Affairs, CARE, ISNA, they were all right there, ready to be brought into the decision-making process, and that's where they remain to this very day, despite all of the what we call derogatory information that we accumulated mm-hmm. and is easy to find on our database. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of literally typing names in and pushing the right button and up it'll come. Mm. It's not that they didn't know. And then we have to also consider the Holy Land Foundation trial Mm -hmm. from November of 2008. If there were any doubts before then, Mm -hmm. there shouldn't have been any afterward because they proved irrefutably in federal court Mm -hmm. in Dallas that all of the Muslim Brotherhood organizations operating in the United States were irrefutably tied to support of Hamas. They should have shut them down then, but they did exactly the opposite. I brought them into positions of authority mm-hmm. and influence within the administration, and that's the status today. Why? What's your theory as to why? They see them, they've, they've def- defined them as the moderate mm-hmm. against the radical, but they don't realize that the Muslim Brotherhood is the parent of all the radical groups virtually that exist in the world today because the ideology is exactly the same. I guess, I guess as long as they're not cutting our head off, we're supposed to be grateful and consider them friendly? Yeah, what? I mean, there's no definition for moderate. 
Mm-hmm. No one has ever defined what moderate actually means. Mm-hmm. Moderate in what sense? No one has actually ever defined what radical is. Mm-hmm. That's why I've been talking a lot about lately the strategy of the global Islamic movement, which mm-hmm. is implementation of Sharia law, mm-hmm. has changed the focus of the conversation so that we understand exactly what it is they intend to do, mm-hmm. rather than talking about tactics, mm-hmm. different ways to right. go about doing it. Right. This is the Andrea Cation. We're talking to Philip Haney, uh, whistleblower and former um, DHS investigator. It's funny you should say that because I've been one of the central themes that I've been sharing on my show is that there's two different types of jihad being waged against us. One is the obvious, whether it's through a pressure cooker or, you know, what happened in San Bernardino or what happened at a, at a job site in Oklahoma where a woman was decapitated. There's that. And then there's terrorism through uh, Sharia. Mm-hmm. And the Muslim Brotherhood and CARE and all these other organizations that have been invited in, like you said, to be at, at the seat of decision making have already stated that their goal is the replacement of the, of the Constitution with the Koran. Well, by its own definition, Sharia opposes, and that is not a passive verb, all forms of human government. The U.S. Constitution is not exempt from that strategic goal. Mm-hmm. And that's why they call America the great Satan, because of all countries on earth, we have the strongest resistance, the strongest wall, if you will, a recognition of human rights mm-hmm. that this wave of Sharia will keep crashing mm-hmm. against as long as we maintain the strength of the Constitution. And that's why they're so concerned about undermining it. Is it too late? No. We, it's not too late. We've got all no. these mosques. We've got we've got a, a both sides of the aisle arguing to bring refugees here when there's no way to vet them. You know, the American people are just beginning to think it's too late. It's not too late, but each one of us does need to take responsibility and address what we see right in front of us, come up to speed, become more familiar not only with what Sharia law actually is, but what the Constitution provides us, what the protect protections within the Constitution are. Mm-hmm. That's where we need to start. Build your argument and your defensive position on the Constitution, mm-hmm. not subjective meanings of verbs that you may not even really understand very well. Mm-hmm. We need to shift it away from tactics and focus on strategy. What's our strategy? Protect the Constitution. Mm-hmm. What's their strategy? Ironically enough, it's derived from the Declaration of Independence to alter or abolish this form of government. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're intending right. to do. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So if you recognize that that's their intention, you take the argument back to the foundation of the founding documents, and now you're standing on solid ground. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being here. How can people find you and learn more about you and what you're what you're doing? Well, I don't have any social media, but my book, See Something, Say Nothing, is posted on Amazon, and you can get a little information from there. And there are a lot of articles, both print and uh, YouTube and C-SPAN kind of things. You can look up the hearings with Senator Cruz, the willful blindness before the Judiciary Committee, the 28th of June, 2016. Thank you so much for being here, Philip Haney. All right, Andrew K. Show listeners, we're going to be right back. Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. AM 1170, the answer, traffic. The San Diego Padres are taking on the Boston Red Sox and it's going to be a big crowd at Petco Park. The first pitch is not too far away, so a lot of fans are still streaming toward Petco Park in that area. Look for some crowding on all of the roads around that venue, the surface streets and freeways, until uh, the game starts here in just a little bit. San Diego's only live local morning talk show, Mark Larson, Morning 6 to 9. I'm Richard Turnage, AM 1170, The Answer. 
Are you sick and tired of the mainstream media? Tired of politicians? Tired of political correctness? Maybe some of the stuff you see on social media at all can get a little bit nauseating. I agree with you. My name is Craig Sewing. You've heard me on KCBQ for years. You've probably seen my TV show, The American Dream, on Channel 4 every morning. All of this stuff gets put up at craigsewing.com. Look, I believe we live in the greatest city in the greatest country on the planet. And therefore, all of the shows, the things we do online, our social media, everything that is tied to my model and my brand is about lifting you and the American dream as a whole. I want you to join the movement. I really hope you can. It's really simple. We are doing radio shows, TV shows, newsletters, social media, all celebrating the fact that we live in the greatest country on the planet. I know there's a lot of negativity out there, but let's remember, San Diego, the weather's perfect year-round. In this country, people get paid more in welfare than doctors in other countries. We have an immigration problem where millions want in, not out of this country. We have a volunteer military that is willing to die to protect your freedoms. We have an amazing country. We should celebrate that. That's why I have a TV show called The American Dream, and it's why I'm asking you to join this mission. How do we do it? We spread the word. It's that simple. If you visit me online at craigsewing.com, there's a tab for the Dream Team. Join the Dream Team. It's just going to notify you of all the cool things we have going on in radio, TV, social media, and it gives you the opportunity to share the content and add your own two cents as well. I believe we can create our own movement. It starts at craigsewing.com. There's no strings attached. I'm not trying to get any money out of you or anything closely related to that. Not at all. Let's spread the word. craigsewing.com. Go there today. Join the Dream Team. Help us spread the word on the American Dream. Hi, my name is Colin Pokola, and I'm the owner and founder of Pokola Law. My law firm separates itself from the pack by catering exclusively to small business owners and providing them with that personal touch that they deserve. When you call me, you get me, not an associate or a secretary, just me. From incorporating your business to drafting contracts, helping you bring on a partner or two, trademarking and copywriting your work, and even litigation if it's absolutely necessary to protect your business's interests, Pokola Law can be your one-stop shop for all of your small business's legal needs. Schedule your initial consultation today and mention that you heard me on AM 1170, and I'll credit our first meeting toward any legal work we've discussed. You can reach me by phone at 844-695-1487 or at pokalalaw.com. P-O-K-A-L-A-Law.com. The information contained herein is for information purposes only and should not be misconstrued as legal advice on any subject matter and does not create an attorney-client relationship. For your consultation, call 844-695-1487 or visit pokalalaw.com. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. I can't believe the show is already half over. I could just sit here all day talking with these amazing patriots. I am coming to you from the Act for America conference here in D.C., uh, the president of which is Brigitte Gabriel, one of my favorite guests, the all-time fan favorite of The Andrea K Show. And I'm, I'm getting to talk to some patriots that I haven't had on my show before. My last guest was Philip Haney, who actually reminded me on the break that there was a tie between the Orlando terrorist attack, same network as the San Bernardino attack. And oh, by the way, what was the common thread? The mosque, which was part of the same mosque network as the mosque in San Diego on Balboa, which was the mosque involved in the terrorist attack on September 11th. Joining me now is Stephen Coughlin, author of We Are at War. And he's a first-time guest on the Andrea K. Show. By the way, follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. I'm on Facebook. I'm also here uh, representing, so proud to be representing Red Nation Rising, hashtag Red Nation Rising. They started after uh, 2012, Red Nation Rising did. Now 1.4 billion Twitter impressions a month doing so much as a grassroots organization to help us take this country back. And that's what Act for America is all about. That's why it's such a natural fit that I be here today uh, at this conference representing Red Nation Rising. At the conference, one of the most exciting speakers, the feedback I've gotten from you, Mr. Coughlin, today was people, first of all, were shocked with some of the stuff that you shared because they hadn't heard it before in mainstream media and that it was electrifying and frightening and scary 
all at the same time. Stephen Coughlin, welcome to the Andrew K. Show. Well, thank you for having me. Um, so your book is We Are at War. Well, um, you know, if we listen to elected officials on both sides of the aisle, they would say, well, we're not really at war because there hasn't been any declaration of war. So how could we be at war? Well, my briefing this morning was called We Are at War. Uh, my book is called Catastrophic Failure, Blindfolding America. Um, I think it's because what what I tried to discuss today is the fact that we're fighting this war on narratives. And the narratives are narratives that were created by people who don't want us to actually understand the nature of the threat. So you take a look at what happened in uh, San Bernardino, or you take a look at what happened in Orlando, and watch the news coverage. And the first thing that happens is the fight for the language, where we know that it was a person who declared himself a, a jihadi in both instances, one directly, one indirectly, who said they were doing this for those reasons, and yet as soon as the news media starts talking about it, they say it's a lone jihad, it's a violent mm-hmm. extremism, is self-radicalized. Well, yeah, like they were walking down the street and got hit with a bolt of radicalization in their head, right? That's exactly right. And what I try to tell people is that is them shifting the narrative from a factual event, a man killing people in the name of Islam because he said so, to this, philis- this theoretical political science model that exists for the sole purpose of giving you the sense that you're talking about terrorism and all you're talking about is a model that comes from some academic construct that exists solely to keep you from actually talking about threat. Right. In fact, anytime uh, we hear of somebody with, you know, uh, like in, in Orlando, it's like, well, we, we haven't found the motivation yet. When we when reports are that somebody's screaming Allahu Akbar, you know, as they're mowing people down, but, you know, it's, oh, well, we haven't found the motivation yet. They don't do that when it's anything else, any other, you know, uh, mass murder. And, you know, anytime we hear that, we know really what the motivation was. Well, that's exactly right. As a matter of fact, it just happens that on the 26th of May, I wrote some, I wrote a note to people saying, one, that ISIS in their, their journal called The Beak put out something saying that they want somebody to strike in the next couple weeks, and then Al-Qaeda did the same thing. Then you hear, you see what happens in Orlando. He strikes exactly along the way that Al-Qaeda says they should do it in their Inspire magazine. He calls the police. He affiliates with Al-ISIS. He's on the phone for a long period of time giving the specific Islamic reasons for his acting. And then, lo and behold, you see, you see the first news reporting, and in, in with the news reporting is an imam with the first responders. Right. And so that's yeah, exactly who, who what we're seeing. Him? Who brought him? Who decided to bring him out? And the first thing that they do is they try to play the shame game. They try to shut down anybody questioning or raising any kind of concern and actually connecting the dots to the reality that who are we at war with? We are at war with Islam, are we not? Well, we're at war with people in the Muslim world who say they're at war with us, and they're actually killing people, and they're telling us. And in fact, we have the full, we have the full evidentiary set. We see the order going out for this type of killing. We somewhat, we see someone openly acknowledging that they're acting that way. We have the dead bodies. We have Islamic law that says Islamic law can support that type of decision. And and so, you know, you're talking about connecting the dots. The narratives that we use to explain the war on terror exist to what overwrite those dots and pretend, like you're suggesting, that there's some other reason that this happened. Right, we had to hear, exactly, like, excuse me for interrupting, like in in terms of Orlando, it became all about, well, did he once, you know, um, have a, you know, gay relationship, as as though they they were working so hard to come up with an explanation, besides the one that was obvious, you know, it's kind of like a woman catching her husband, you know, uh, in bed with another woman, and she's got to try to, you know, come up with some justification for it, because she doesn't want to accept the fact of what's right before her face, and what really upset me so bad, I'm glad you were reminded everybody about the imam that was brought out, the same thing happened after San Bernardino, before families were even called while 
blood of Americans was still being spilled at the terrorist location. They were bringing imams out to tell everybody Islam is a peaceful religion, and, and it's all meant to mind control Americans into shutting up and not being honest about the threat that we face. Well, it was not just that it was the imam, it was the imam associated with CARE, Council of American Islamic Relations. And, and, and we did see that. Absolutely. Right. Um, by the way, if you're just tuning in, this is the Andrea K. Show, and I'm talking to Stephen Coughlin. Now, you were also at the Pentagon, mm-hmm. were you not? And until you were no longer at the Pentagon, what happened there? Well, um, a couple things happened. I was I was mobilized onto active duty into the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and then I left to demobilize, and they asked me to come back. So I didn't ask to stay, so I came back. And I would say I had a very effective track record and asked to write a master's thesis in um, in the National Defense Intelligence College. It was about Islamic law being the driver of their threat doctrine. And within five months, I was no longer there. You know, it's because I guess you needed to be declaring climate change as being the big, the biggest threat that we face. And of course, some people in the Joint Staff declared that, so that's exactly what I was off mission. Do you know, <laughs> I would have to tell you, in my thesis, it was a 170, 200-page thesis, at the very end, I have the metaphor where it's the, it's the wife who catches the husband oh, in bed, right. <laughs> and, and the husband says, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes? Right, exactly. And, and, and I think this hits to the fact the point that we own the facts in this discussion. Mm-hmm. We own their laws, we own we, we, we have their doctrines, we have their statements, we have their actions, we have the people when they live saying it. So then Americans want to know why we have the Department of Defense making decisions that are not protecting Americans. We have the Department of Defense. The Army has been giving uh, lectures and, and training sessions instead on, you know, keeping us safe against the, the threats. It's about teaching white privilege and sensitivity training. How did the DOD get so corrupted? Well, you know, I, I think it's easy to blame just this administration, and I think there's a lot that's going on in this administration. Oh, no, I hold Georgia this. Coming. Yes, I hold. I'm an equal opportunity criticizer. I have been very critical of, of Bush and uh, going back even to uh, 41. Well, I, I think that we can take it all the way back to... Even Reagan? Well, I would say... Should Reagan have shut down the Department of Education, like he said, and would yeah. you know? But that's 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 that gets far abroad uh, for what I what I talk about. But I think we have a situation right now where we're looking at a Department of Defense whose mission is to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. We have, in fact, an enemy that declares himself, who is in fact killing people, and in fact publishes why they act, and their whole effort is to take that off the table. And bring in a professor to talk about leaderless self-radicalization and and human terrain teams and white and, privilege and get stuff. and get people bogged down in behavioral models. But you know, behavioral models. It's like fighting a war based on Oprah, right. because you can never, at the right. end of the day, know why I did something. Right. Um, a lot of critics of Donald Trump, including um, some conservatives said that he doesn't they're concerned about his temperament to be commander in chief today come to find out uh, i think it was 88 um uh, retired admirals and generals have come out and said no absolutely they trust that trump has has a proper temperament and they think he would make a great commander in chief what's your opinion there well i i, I have a 501c3 so i can't get into a specific endorsement of a president but i don't have a problem with him being president 
I have a problem with people being a, being president who, who take that oath to support and defend the Constitution and then allow these information operations to come in and, and blind our intelligence and blind our, our fighters so that they're fighting blind. In my presentation here, I had the quote from a, an army general at the Special Operations Group saying, we don't even know who the enemy is. Well, you know, when you're fighting a war you the enemy is, the next question is, who are you killing? Wouldn't Patton know who the enemy was? Yes. So with George Washington, so with Franklin, so with... Uh, How did we get so insane? One of the things that makes me crazy is the fact that our armed forces are not armed. Uh, Major Nadal Hassan would not have been able to complete his active terrorism had we had our, our active duty on base actually armed, same at the recruiting station. Well, that, that is a definitely a question, you know, having been in the military, we, we never did have weapons. I never really thought about that as a policy, but whether they should. But clearly, even in a situation where you have a U.S. Army major on post, he would still have gotten the first couple shots out. Um, I think what I find disturbing about that is that I did some work, and I put it in my book, to show that he was identified as a bad guy beforehand, and they made a decision not to take action. He had Warrior for Allah on his business card. I mean, what else did he need to do? Well, he also was on a, on a uh, blog where he basically said he was... He, he announced his fidelity to Anwar al-Waki as al-Qaeda. He, he also uh, stated his idea about the virtues of, uh, of, of, of suicide missions. So they had a whole lot of red flags there. And, you know, it is the case. He gave a briefing 20 times to U.S. military officers in Washington stating this. 20 times. And those officers that went and complained told them that their next efficiency report would be influenced if they didn't drop it. So you do have people report this stuff, and they're threatened. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, for, for many years, even, um, it, it, it's. I think it's just come to light in the last year or so that the Department of Defense, that seemed to be our firewall. It seemed as though that was the one department that we had that had not been completely taken over by political correctness. Um, but it has. But I don't think it's too late. I think that I think if we get the right commander in chief to come in to declare who the enemy is, change the doctrine back to what it should be in terms of protecting our nation, uh, I, I think that we can right the ship. Do you do you agree? I think that we are in for a rough ride, but at the end of the day, I think if American citizens decide it's more important to be informed than wa- than watching Dancing with the Stars, and they decide they're going to get appropriately angry and t- and, and letting their politicians know that they're watching them and they right. expect them not to be liars, right. that, that things can change. I also think that when you show me a, an officer corps that can buy into global warming being a national security risk, right. I'll show you an officer corps that is already <laughs> questionable. All right, how, how can people get your book? It's on Amazon. It, it came out a little while ago. and um, uh, It's Catastrophic Failure, Blindfolding America in the Face of Jihad. It was, it was It's a big book. Because it kind of tries to lays out the details of the war, it's different than how most people understand it. And I tell people there's 150 pages of endnotes so that people can understand you're not going to prove this wrong. You don't like this. I understand it, but this is correct. Right. And so uh, that's the book. It, it was also one because I worked in the intel world. It was cleared by the CIA, so I don't give that any secrets. Away secrets. I'm not giving away secrets. Although people will say, how come people don't know this? Yeah, and, you know, although I guess giving away secrets doesn't matter anymore, otherwise, you know, Hillary Clinton, you know, might be doing a perf walk by now since she's violated the Espionage Act. Unfortunately, I'm out of time, and I can't ask you how you feel about that. Angry. Yes. As everybody who holds a security clearance knows exactly what she did, 
knows she's guilty and knows that as of the FBI's decision not to go after her, there's two standards of law. Another uh, department that's completely corrupt. We got we got to change that. And I think it starts with what you said with the American people having the truth, the facts shoved right in their face and not being allowed to deny it and not allowing themselves to be to be have their voices silenced through the shame game, uh, through false narratives, being told to, to be quiet and allowing the how did you say to beginning the, the narratives and the information? Not allowed not allowing you to be swayed by narratives that exist to overwrite facts. Absolutely. Stephen Coughlin, thanks so propaganda. Thanks so much for being here. All right, Andrew K show listeners, we got the final segment coming up, so don't go anywhere. We've got the hero of the week and last week's fool this week tool awards so don't go anywhere be sure to follow andrea k on twitter at andrea k show and follow her on facebook and like her fan page at andrea k spelled k-a-y-e are you sick and tired of the mainstream media tired of politicians tired of political correctness maybe some of the stuff you see on social media at all can get a little bit nauseating i agree with you my name is craig sewing you've heard me on kcbq for years you've probably seen my tv show the american dream on channel four every morning all of this stuff gets put up at craigsewing.com look i believe we live in the greatest city in the greatest country on the planet and therefore all of the shows the things we do online our social media everything that is tied to my model and my brand is about lifting you and the american dream as a whole i want you to join the movement i really hope you can. It's really simple. We are doing radio shows, TV shows, newsletters, social media, all celebrating the fact that we live in the greatest country on the planet. I know there's a lot of negativity out there, but let's remember San Diego, the weather's perfect year round. In this country, people get paid more on welfare than doctors in other countries. We have an immigration problem where millions want in, not out of this country. We have a volunteer military that is willing to die to protect your freedoms. We have an amazing country. We should celebrate that. That's why I have a TV show called The American Dream and it's why I'm asking you to join this mission. How do we do it? We spread the word. It's that simple. If you visit me online at craigsewing.com, there's a tab for the Dream Team. Join the Dream Team. It's just going to notify you of all the cool things we have going on in radio, TV, social media, and it gives you the opportunity to share the content and add your own two cents as well. I believe we can create our own movement. It starts at craigsewing.com. There's no strings attached. I'm not trying to get any money out of you or anything closely related to that. Not at all. Let's spread the word. craigsewing.com. Go there today. Join the Dream Team. Help us spread the word on the American Dream. Hi, my name is Colin Pokola, and I'm the owner and founder of Pokola Law. My law firm separates itself from the pack by catering exclusively to small business owners and providing them with that personal touch that they deserve. When you call me, you get me, not an associate or a secretary, just me. From incorporating your business to drafting contracts, helping you bring on a partner or two, trademarking and copywriting your work, and even litigation if it's absolutely necessary to protect your business's interests, Pokola Law can be your one-stop shop for all of your small business's legal needs. Schedule your initial consultation today and mention that you heard me on AM 1170, and I'll credit our first meeting toward any legal work we've discussed. You can reach me by phone at 844-695-1487 or at pokalalaw.com. P-O-K-A-L-A-Law.com. The information contained herein is for information purposes only and should not be misconstrued as legal advice on any subject matter and does not create an attorney-client relationship. For your consultation, call 844-695-1487 or visit pokalalaw.com. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. 
I'm just sad that this hour is ending because I've just had such an amazing time here talking to Brigitte Gabriel and Philip Haney and Stephen Coughlin, some just true patriots that are trying to get the word the word out. These are people that understand the threat that we face. These are people on the front lines of actually fighting the enemy that we face at Department of Homeland Security, at the Pentagon, at the levels of Congress and the halls of the, the people that are making the decisions. One of the most important things that Bridget Gabriel said this morning here at the Act for America Congress, when we were when the issue of immigration and vetting Amer- uh, refugees coming here, she said that the buck stops with the Republican Congress. They are the ones that are working with the UN and making the decisions. We have a Republican-controlled Congress. People don't understand this. Rightfully so, Americans on both sides of the aisle are concerned with what President Obama and his transformation has meant to the American people in terms of, of siding with the enemy and importation of terror. But make no mistake about it. We have a Paul Ryan. We have a Republican Congress that is funding the importation of terror through the refugee program. One of the another brilliant point that Bridget Gabriel made today earlier was she drew an analogy. Uh, she said that if 20 percent you know, they love to tell us that, you know, oh, they're, you know, don't let the acts of a few, you know, persuade you into thinking that everybody's bad unless they're gun owners. Right. But she, you know, whether you think it's 10 percent or, you know, 20 percent of Muslims around the world. Here's the analogy she used. She said, let's say that 20 percent of all Chinese people had a, a, a disease that would render you fatal on contact. Would we not stop all Chinese from coming into this country until we could determine who was a carrier? Would we be called Chinese-phobic in order to do that? No. Right now, people are panicking over the Zika virus. But that's exactly what we face in bringing them here. We have no way of knowing who is a carrier. We do know that ISIS says that they have put 4,000 ISIS terrorists into the refugee camps. And it's the United Nations who are picking them with a Republican agree, agreed Republican Congress that's going along with it and paying for it. The buck stops with the Republican Congress. We need to get our voices heard, whether it's through Act for America or through other other ways. Get on the phone to, to your elected officials. Tomorrow, everybody from Act for America here is actually going to be going to Congress. Meetings have been set up with the different elected officials so that they can hear from their constituents. But you don't have to be here to talk to your, to your local Congress people. Get on the phone. Tell them we must stop them from coming here. And I tell you what else you can, you can do. You can support Donald Trump for presidency. Because one of the reasons why he rose to the top of the heap in the, in the primary and stayed there and won the nomination was because he gets it. He gets what Stephen Coughlin was saying in terms of who the threat is and why we need to stop letting them change the narratives, change the facts on us. We need to stop allowing ourselves to be bullied by the political correctness. It's killing us. It's literally going to kill us. And here's some good news, though, speaking of Trump. Uh, some new poll numbers have come out. Uh, poll numbers uh, that now Trump is up at the CNN poll, the Clinton News Network, that Trump is up over Hillary 45 to 43 percent. Um, uh, Mid-August, which was supposed to be the telling point, it was supposed to be mid-August tells the tale. Whoever's up at that point in mid-August, you know, that's that's how it's going to go. She was up supposedly by eight points. I still don't necessarily believe the polls. Only because even going into election night in 2012, um, you know, people were still predicting a Romney win. The exit polls weren't accurate. I think whether these are accurate or not, we must continue to support Donald Trump. We must continue to support him because of the number one issue that we face, which is also an economic issue, is the open borders. It's the open southern borders. It's the uh, the virtual borders of the immigration with a visa program bringing these refugees in here. I want to read you a quote. 
all Americans are rightly disturbed by the number of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public services they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more, hiring more a record number of new border agents, deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, and cracking down on illegal hiring by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. Who said that? Must have been a racist, right? Must have been somebody who hates brown people, right? Well, actually, it was President Clinton. It was President Clinton who said that welfare, by the way, needed to be transactional. You needed to do something to earn it. This is how far we've gone just in, in the last 20 years when Bill Clinton said that. Now, we're being bullied and, and called racist and haters if we want to protect our own nation. Trump is continuing to be called a racist and a hater. I am being considered a racist because I want to protect this nation. Everybody here at this Congress, at, at this conference here, is considered a racist because we want to protect America. We can't allow ourselves to be bullied by that, and I'm also not going to allow myself to be bullied by these purists who, for some reason, don't see the threat. For some, if you can sit at home in November, particularly after hearing from people like Philip Haney, people like Stephen Coughlin, people who have been there on the front lines fighting. This terrorist threat that we face. If you could sit at home and allow Hillary to win, then you know you are you are just as guilty of contributing to uh, the scourge of radical Islam. Uh, in terms of the Clinton Foundation, by the way, if you're just tuning in, this is the Andrea K. Show. Before I run out of time, i got to give a thank you to uh, some people who made it possible for me to be here. Uh, Red Nation Rising, amazing grassroots organization. Um, hashtag Red Nation Rising, 1.4 billion Twitter impressions a month. My guy Rod Hatley, Hatley Law Group, is an amazing estate planning attorney. I brought him onto the show because friends of mine have suffered by not having proper estate planning. Talk about being economically crippled. You don't know you need it until you don't have it. Let me tell you, that is not for the wealthy. A sheriff's deputy friend of mine, his family went through hell for four years in probate for one piece of property because a group of siblings because their mother died and didn't have it in a trust. Please, please make sure you take care of your family. If you own, if you have health insurance, you need to follow it up with estate planning. Same thing, uh, if you're going to buy a home, contact my girl Julie. Jules, Homes by Jules, Julie Mills Brennan. Uh, in the time we have left, it's the time from the Andrea K. Show Awards, the Hero of the Week, and last week's Fool, this week's Tool Awards. My Hero of the Week actually is Phyllis Shafley. Shafley, I've never, I never know exactly how to pronounce her name. A hero uh, to women everywhere, at least she should be. The first lady of the conservative movement, she died at 92, uh, worked up, what an amazing work ethic this lady had and what a champion for conservatism. In fact, her last article was just like a week ago. She compared Trump's trip to Mexico to Ronald Reagan and his trip to Geneva. Just an amazing uh, lady. Um, founder, founder of the Eagle Forum, uh, crusader against the ridiculousness of national organization of women and, what they, and the crimes that they propagated and against women. Uh, Betty Friedan referred to her as an Aunt Tom. So you know when you got Betty Friedan against you, you know you're doing something right. So Phyllis Shafley, for her work as a conservative hero, is um, my, hero, my hero of the week. Uh, Runner-up, though, for hero of the week is this crazy man in Philadelphia, the president out there, who, uh, Duterte or whatever his name is, who actually said that he didn't want to hear President Obama was going to go there and lecture him on somehow how he's handling the drug wars. And he said, you know, using some not so great language, he said, you know, well, he better not. He comes here and tries that on me in this forum. He says, we're going to we're going to be like some pigs rolling around in the slop. So, you know, hat tip to him, though, for basically saying, you know what? 
Obama's going on his tour, taking it on the road, and you know what, from China to the Philippines, they're really not interested in anything he's got to say. Your time is up, Obama. You've done your damage to the American people. It's time you step aside. It's time for Donald Trump to get in there and let a businessman take over. My last week's full, this week's tool award uh, goes to Roger Ailes. Uh, the word came out today uh, that uh, Fox News has settled uh, the Gretchen Carlson lawsuit for $20 million, and they offered an unprecedented apology. What was interesting about the apology was that they did not say that she was sexually harassed. They did say that they were sorry uh, that she had been disrespected. Um, I guess there was also a settlement with two other people there. We can only assume that it was Andrea Tanteros. I didn't hear of a third, so I'm not really sure who the third is. He's a fool in the tool because this was a man so brilliant that he launched a cable network far more successful than the queen of cable, Miss Oprah Winfrey, with her failed own network. He launched something unheard of in broadcast media and in journalism. He launched a conservative cable network that became the giant. It became the standard bearer, the number one cable news network in the world, with shows like O'Reilly Factor and Hannity, even, you know, the Kelly File. And he was so foolish through his own behavior, whatever it was he did, Gretchen Carlson or anybody else, that he jeopardized the last holdout. No, they're not 100% conservative. Of course not. But they were the best thing that we had going for us, and he's jeopardized it for us. Now he's out. Now he's a tool for the left because we got Rupert Murdoch. We find out today Gretchen, uh, uh, Greta von Susteren's out. We have all seen in the last few weeks since Ailes has been out, we've seen a shift. We know what's happening over there. They're the anti-Trump network. But still, he's a tool for the left because so many people actually think now that it's that it's conservative. We don't really have anybody speaking for us now in a major network. We don't. We've got Hannity, but I think he's even controlled uh, to some extent as well. So shame on Roger Ailes for his behavior and being a fool and a tool. Shame on his behavior to women in the workplace. And shame on, on, on how he jeopardized a, a media outlet that we all relied so heavily on. Um, I want to hear from you all. Let's keep this conversation rolling. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show. I'm on Facebook. Use the hashtag Andrea K Show, Dynamite and Address. Use the hashtag AK47. Be sure to use the hashtag uh, Red Nation Rising. Thank you so much to Bridget Gabriel and everybody here at Act for America. Just really welcoming us here and really treating us so wonderfully here. Thank you to my guests today, Brigitte Gabriel herself, Philip Haney, Stephen Coughlin. Be sure to check out their articles and, and buy their books. We've got to keep our eye on the ball. Do not sit at home in November and think that we're going to usher in anything great in the next four years. We cannot let Hillary win. The last hashtag I beg of you to use is never Hillary. This is the Andrew K. Show. I hope you all have a great night. Love you all. This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group.